Hello and welcome to the Eminem podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Mizzy. <laughs> and today... Uh... <laughs> Stop laughing at my name every time. <laughs> no, it was just like, you were like sat there biting your nails. I was like, is she going to say a name? <laughs> Stop expecting me. Over this. <laughs> anyway, so today's episode, we are going to be chatting about the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, um, which... I don't know if you thought this, it was a bit different than what I expected going into it. I thought it was going to be just about sort of like, um, I don't know, like people being addicted to the ferns, but it was a bit wider than that. Well, it, it was wider than that. It wasn't that that I thought was unexpected. It's more like there's a sort of like film within it. Oh, like, yeah, like there's yeah, like an active which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> But yeah, we're going to get onto that a bit later anyway, go into yeah. a depth. Um, but before that, well, before that, we're going to have a little catch up because obviously there's a lot happening right now and it feels strange to just skate over it all like it's not happening. Um, so for one, as of today, we're recording this Thursday, the 5th of November. So happy bonfire night. Yeah. <laughs> do you wish people a happy bonfire now? Happy mm. burning Guy Fawkes night. Yeah, to Guy Fawkes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we are in national lockdown for a month here in the UK. Has that affected you at all, Mizzy? Let us know. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, you're, um, so you're still at work? Yeah, I'm still at work. And I think because also I work at a university essentially and that's still open so I feel like it'll even oh, look yeah. the same still the same level of like busyness or whatever so uh, no nah, I don't feel like it'll seem too different I haven't been going to the out very much recently anyway I haven't been going to the pub or out so it's not like a social life to that's um, been shut down <laughs> is the actual like inside of the supermarket is that like tightened up more again for the lockdown or not no honestly <laughs> honestly no um and then i am also still at work but obviously not to the public i work in a leisure center but we're all being asked to come in and clean basically i remember when they did this last time yeah but we didn't come for a long time like we must have had i think we went back in june july so we had like a good what's March to June two three months yeah three something months. along those lines often <laughs> then we went into clean but this time they're just keeping us into clean the whole time I think because it is only a month they just sort of like keep you all there whether or not that is useful I don't know but be, to be fair it will be quite nice to have a bit of normality within this lockdown but it is only a month at the same time well, so how sure. do you mean like you mean like just being at work yeah and seeing people still because like i work with a lot of young people so it's mm. quite nice in that yeah. regard it does feel strange this lockdown in the sense that it doesn't like i barely even registered today that this was when we were going into lockdown and yeah it, it doesn't feel as um well, like, it, it's not the first time we've done it in one year, yeah. is it? So it's a bit old news now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the new normal. Whatever. <laughs> uh, lockdown again. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel even as like... I do, um, like an attack on liberty or whatever. It just feels like whatever, like mm. I'm not bothered, I can watch TV at home. 
I yeah, don't know. I can I stay do, inside I... the house and not feel bad about it. That's nice. Yeah. I have a literal, literal excuse <laughs> to not <laughs> see people. Yeah, because before now, um, <laughs> maybe it wasn't doing a lot. I think it takes um, firmer just out of the picture. Not mm. that I really even feel firmer. I think I just feel... <laughs> You're immune to FOMO. I think got that FOMO just... vaccination. <laughs> yeah. Not fear of missing out, but like fear that people think I am missing out when I don't care. <laughs> like, I'll sit at home. <laughs> I'll learn. Please. God. I did... From the first lockdown, I've got very good at spending time alone. And mm. now I'm like, I like a bit of social interaction, but I think, God, don't I need some time? Yeah. Just for Emma. And preferably at home, preferably somewhere warm. God, I feel that so much. Oh, <laughs> relate so much. Um, <sighs> but yeah, I don't think there's like big updates really on the lockdown. It just. It is what it is, you know. Yeah, it feels that way. Well, like it is what it is for us. Like we're not in a hospital or anything. Like, yeah, tough. But and then I don't think like the first lockdown as well. People working in supermarkets like you, it it, it is still a big job now. But at the time, it just felt a lot more like mm. they were turning up when everyone else was at home. But now yeah. a lot more people are not at home through this one. Yeah, so it's different yeah and it's it's because like with the other one we didn't know when it was going to end really did we whereas this is like i mean they may extend it oh everyone i've talked to oh it's going to be so much longer than a month i'm like i personally don't think it is going to be more than a month but wait i just had you doubt (laughs) yeah that's why i was talking so slow i do think that it will be extended but i think that they'll what they'll do is like extend it and then be like right you can have a week off for christmas everyone go see everybody okay and then they'll go back so i don't think it'll be extended you do we'll keep we'll, we'll keep us updated on the potty i think i may be the only person who doesn't think it'll be extended so maybe i'm naive but i'm gonna stand by my decision <laughs> for now until i change my mind <laughs> um And then, so the second big thing that's obviously happening right now that I think Mm. we can't... The whole whole world is watching. Yeah. But actually, it ties in as well to the social dilemma, so we'll probably get onto it more later, but is obviously the American presidential election and vote counting, I guess, right now. I mean, that's an election, yeah. (laughs) But, like, no, but the election's been happening, the run-up to it for a while, now the votes have been cast and they're bringing yeah. it in, aren't they? And we're all on tender hooks. But it does appear that Joe Biden probably will win. Yeah. Which Let's I don't want to fake news it, mm. which it's not. We're not a reputable news source. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was, right, this, this is a side tangent, but this girl I follow on... Um, Instagram, she'd put something about, like, basically just an opinion on the election saying, like, something like she didn't like Trump, basically, which, that's free speech, which, like, I don't know, that's just an opinion, isn't it? And people were messaging her going, why are you circulating fake news? She was like, well, I'm not, this is my opinion. And if people think Instagram accounts, like, a personal Instagram blog 
is a news outlet, like, or would make it comparable to a news outlet so you could call it fake news. That seems crazy to me. So after my little fake news tangent, yeah, we're going to talk more about the election later on in the podcast anyway, because it ties in a lot with um, the social dilemma. We'll talk about that after we've done our what we've been watching and that's (laughs) ding, 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 ding. Do you want to go first, Mizzy? Because I don't have all that much this week, weirdly. Yeah, okay. Um, So I've been watching this TV series called Love Life, which you actually recommended because you haven't watched it, but you sent me um, the the Vogue article. (laughs) Literally, I was like racking my brain then. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you sent me a Vogue article that said it was like the new normal people. So I was like instantly like, well, yes, I will be watching that. It's not, (laughs) I'm going to say. It is good. But What's it on? It's on BBC iPlayer. Okay. It's got Anna Kendrick in, who, to be honest, I find really quite annoying. Uh, I think I've heard about this, actually. Yeah. Anyway, have you ever watched Lovesick before with um, Johnny Flynn? It's on Netflix. Um, I think I've seen it advertised, but I haven't watched it. No. Well, it's basically the same premise as that, except it's American. So the premise of that is he kind of... <laughs> yeah, I just realised if you haven't watched it, you If you haven't know. seen that... <laughs> Um, every episode is dedicated to a different girl because he goes through like he gets um, chlamydia or something and he needs to find out who he might have given it to or something so he goes through all his like people he slept with exes whatever and Mm. um, but it's very like I don't know quintessentially British and like sort of awkward charming humour kind of thing whereas Mm. This is that sounds good. Is that not very long? No, it's not. It's only like three seasons, but it's it's ah, oh, it's amazing. Three I watched seasons. it literally in about two days. It's so good. Ugh. I'm on the hunt for like a four part series. Anyway, all oh, right. Well, they're only twenty minute episodes, and there's like six episodes in a thing. So that's basically yeah. like a four part. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll do. It. <laughs> yeah. So no, I find like the American versions of things to be just. The humour just didn't quiet it a lot of the time. And they're just, it's, mm. I say that and I do, there's a lot of American sitcoms that I love, like Parks and Rec. Yeah, and what, but do you it's think like, it has to be very silly though? Because I f- think all the American yeah. stuff I watch is like particularly very silly. Yeah. Well, maybe this you know as well, mean? this isn't like, yeah, they don't do serious drama well. Like, because it always feels a bit like cliche, cheesy and mm. Whereas, like, mm. we're impeccable at it <laughs> over here. <laughs> and I think, actually, British dramas... Like, I was just thinking then, you know, like, Harry Potter? <laughs> the classic. I know the it's ultimate. not serious, <laughs> but it, it's not a comedy, is it? But there's always, like, funny elements yeah. in it because I think, as a whole, British people use humour as coping mechanisms for everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Well, but it is, like, it is really good. So it's, like, every episode is dedicated to a different... Um, guy and mm. um, or like one of the episodes is dedicated to a mum so it's not all just about like the love life thing um, Yeah, but it was whilst getting rid of all the annoying Americanisms or whatever like at the like heart <laughs> of it I think there was a lot of um, there was some stuff where I was like god I relate so hard to this 
Ooh, so we love some relatable content. Yeah, being crap in the relationship department. If you if you like that, watch this. It might make you feel a bit better, honestly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the TV series I've been watching. Um, that does sound good. Yeah, and but I do. I feel like I want to watch both of them now that you've mentioned. Yeah, love sick and yeah, and love life. Love life, I think. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, love life. <laughs> yeah so invested <laughs> what's his name um okay so the only thing i have that i feel like is notable that i've watched i don't know if you've seen this but it's sort of been um circulating the web of it and my octopus teacher what have you heard no. of it on netflix it's a documentary well basically what is that even my... about like i can't even all right so Carl goes, you need to watch this shirt, this doc about the octopus. And I was like... What octopus? I was just like, what? And I was thinking, no, really. <laughs> like, no, I'm not watching that. And then I just saw on like Instagram a few people being like, oh my God, my octopus teacher like sobbing at it. And I was like, right, what's going on with this octopus? So <laughs> I watched it. I didn't think it was as sad as what everyone said, but <laughs> because I have no soul, <laughs> but definitely worth a watch. Sure, the premise. Basically, this guy is a like wildlife filmmaker, um, but he gets really burnt out, and so he ends up just like putting down everything and like not filming anything. He was like, I didn't think I'd ever go back to it, um, and then and he lives in South Africa, so one day he just thinks I'm gonna go swimming in the sea and I'm gonna go diving and all this and he just starts doing it every day to sort of make him feel better basically just like as a a thing and then one day he stumbles across this octopus and he just becomes like obsessed and he like learns about it like befriends this octopus and it's I didn't think the whole relationship between him and the octopus was like, like that wasn't the thing that I thought was great. If anything, I was like, it's lurky creepy, <laughs> this man and this octopus. <laughs> but I found it really interesting just from the point of learning more about this octopus and like how much of an amazing creature octopuses are. But the one thing I will say, they there's like this, I would call it a narrative device, but because it's, real life it's also a bit of coincidence how the story sort of ties up in a full circle thing um with something that happens with the octopus but does the octopus die um i can either confirm or deny that definitely does um but there is something that is seen as tragic in it um and there are you know like if you're watching, say, like a David Attenborough and you watch, like, you're on the edge of your seat because stuff's happening, there's a bit of, like, that involved. But I didn't see it so much as, like, this emotive piece that everyone was sort of saying it was. More so, I thought it was just really cool to learn about this octopus because it turns out octopuses are sick. <laughs> like, they're so, they're so clever and, like, most of the brain is in the tentacles and That's stuff. That's so it's weird. Just like, Animals it, are fucking mad, man. 
Yeah, it's like watching an alien and they're like telling you all these facts and you're like, this is real life on our planet. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, and it's also a, like a really nice visual spectacle as well because it's all under the sea. Um, under the sea. So, yeah, under the sea. <laughs> I would recommend it as a bit of like wildlife viewing, mm. basically, which I do yeah. quite enjoy, really. I do also. But I'm surprised you haven't heard about it. I thought it was like a big thing, but obviously not. I haven't been like super involved in social media recently, so maybe that's why. Mm. Topical. Touch on that in a in a talk on the social. (laughs) Um, Right, Mitty. So I. So the yesterday obviously was the last day of freedom. So I spent it. (laughs) going to the cinema naturally <laughs> like Obviously. i literally i was at work 10 till 6 and the cinema viewing was at six thirty. so i just went straight <gasps> from work and i was like right Sprinted. get there um and i went on my own and it was really nice i was like uh, yeah that yeah. sounds incredible <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> And learners for the and win. obviously like there's not that many people in there because they can't even mm. have that many people in anyway so it was it wasn't like yeah. empty but it, it was sort of like a few people here and there and there's a few people on the road and i was just like oh i just remember sitting there Lovely. thinking wow the big screen you know there's something about <laughs> being sat in a dark room with a bunch of strangers with a big screen and mm. yeah if the big screen weren't there i think it'd be quite yeah that would be slightly strange <laughs> when you think about it but um, I went to go see Eternal Beauty. Have you heard of that? I don't think I have. Um, Tell me more. It's you know, Craig <laughs> Roberts. So he's... Have you watched Submarine? Yeah. The main character in that. Like, the main guy. Oh, yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy yeah, Beaker. Tracy, yeah, Who stole my Maroon 5 CD? <laughs> that's the one. Um, well, he's oh. a director <laughs> also. Oh, of course yeah. he is. He is, like, unproblematic absolute babe <laughs> you heard it here there you go. <laughs> um he's also a very good filmmaker to add to that list um Oof. it was it has um sally hawkins in and she play, and yes. oh professor lupin what's his name da- david Thewlis or something like that um and it's about like mental health and depression and it's in this like this tiny welsh town and it's a bit weird and it's filmed a bit like strange and Mm. it's really bloody good (laughs) like that kind of Mm. thing where they sort of get like not those like hollywood type drama things where it's all about like depression and stuff and it's all overly emotional and uh, like that kind of like not saying that they're not good like I do like those but like in it's that kind of like indie drama thing where they kind of properly get to what what like things are actually like and it's not all that glossed Mm. over kind of like like Oscar worthy performance kind of bawling your eyes out kind of thing it's like sort of funny and sweet and a bit like but ooh like what's going on and yeah (laughs) really good um glad that was the last film i saw in the cinema before lockdown not forever i mean (laughs) who knows at this point no that sounds i just from that brief synopsis i can't wait to watch Mm. that film i'm going to find a way to watch it do you know why i'm excited about it because 
I haven't watched, I don't think, a film in a while that, you know, like, is different and makes you feel creatively inspired afterwards. And that's what vibe I was getting from your description, even though I haven't seen it, but I'm just assuming Mm. it was... Inspirational. And I bet... I bet you wanted to listen to like certain songs afterwards and get in a Welsh town vibe. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to listen to the submarine soundtrack <laughs> afterwards because it's all I could think about. There you go. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, yeah, to be honest, I think that's all I've, other than like the social dilemma, I don't think that's all I've actually watched and stuff recently because yeah. I really had the We've time. Been busy girls, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I have. Two music ones, so I'll put them together. One, um, I don't think you'll be impressed with. <laughs> so the first one is Ariana Grande's new album, oh, Position. I've not listened. Do you like Ariana? I, l- I mean, I like Thank You Next, you know. <laughs> I'm like entry level Ariana, but. Um, I, I'm not deep in Ariana, but since the um, No Tears Left to Cry Sweetener era. Mm. I've been hugely on board. But before then, I did tiptoe in and out of a few. Like, <laughs> so did, you've like, always been on board, basically. Yeah, but like, I think I was a bit like, oh, like that. Ariana's too mainstream. And then I was like, do you know what? Who the fuck cares? I'm mainstream <laughs> and I love Ariana. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if you saw, actually. Do you follow hers here on Instagram? Do you know what? I don't think I do. And I honestly have no idea why. I need to rectify that mistake immediately. He's he's actually like a lurky band. Yeah, after that um, meme thing, the Squidward meme. Yeah. <laughs> but he put on something like, this is paraphrasing, but he was like, it will be no surprise to anyone that I am all for these sweet, sexy tunes. <laughs> as in the positions album it, it is just like a sexy ass album but then some of the like there's a first song on it it's called show nice <laughs> for one telling us what to do ariana i like it but it's got like a string section in it and it is so like what i was not expecting that i didn't know that song needed it but it does and it's amazing <laughs> and then there's another song called Put Your Hands in My Hair. Oh, and like, I've been listening to it in the car and I'm just like, I like, I'm proper grinning. I look like a crazy person. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun. And I just think you can just like, how do I describe it? When you listen to it, you can tell that it's just such a well-produced album. Mm. And I'm not a music like, I, I don't understand like production of music but I feel like I can I I have a sort of well I, I know what I like basically and it just feels so whole and good and done so well yeah and I'm like these aren't just pop tunes these are masterpieces <laughs> so thank you Ariana and there's so many whistle turns in it whatever they're called oh, yeah. you know, she's like <laughs> yes girl queen <laughs> I'm actually going to listen to it now that you've said Oh, this. you need to, yeah. Izzy. And then the second uh, one I have came up on my new releases. And I'm just... I don't know, actually, when it came out. I'm just going to quickly check. <laughs> because I don't know if it's new to me. Well, it says 2020. Oh, October 28th, so it is new. Um, Summer Madness of you by... You're going to have to help me out with this. Krung, krung bin. Krang bin. How do you actually say Krang bin? Yeah, I think. 
Kruangbin. Yeah, it's a new tune they've put out. And as always, they're just so cool. Oh, wait, is this a Christmas tune? No, not yet. It's called Summer Madness. Oh, right. I saw something where they'd put something... I don't know if it was a joke or something, though, so I didn't didn't actually search for it. Yeah, but if they come out with a Christmas tune, I will be listening. (laughs) All Um. right, John Ralphio. (laughs) (laughs) I've started, like, singing instead of saying stuff all of the time. (laughs) Bit of an issue. But, yeah, incredible. Just, like, in the same way that all... Kruagbin. Kruagbin. I can't say. Kruagbin music Mm. is. It's cool, sexy... Mm. It's the stuff, the stuff of dreams. So yeah, listen to that for sure. Yeah. And I think that's that's everything. I haven't listened to, read, watched much this week. To be no, honest, no, I haven't either. And I don't know what I've been doing, but obviously something. <laughs> so <laughs> who knows? Shall we get? Well, on we've to been the... watching. Oh, sorry, yeah. Tom. <laughs> I was going to say, we've been watching The Social Dilemma, uh, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's what we've been busy with. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought this one would be um, a good... Well, I'd heard it been talked about, but I thought it would be a good thing to sort of look at on the podcast because I essentially thought it was going to be more about, like, addiction to social media and I thought that would be um, just quite a good thing to maybe talk about with us going into lockdown and, like, th- you end up on your phone quite a lot but then actually it ended up being a lot more about the power of social media than I expected um I don't know why I thought it was the other thing really um which is just absolutely in line with the election right now so yeah yeah should we talk about maybe the addiction side of it first do you think or do you have any like first thoughts about it that you um want to share i think overall like um so I, I when i was watching it i literally just watched it like a couple of hours before i was doing this podcast and i like fresh in your mind uh, yeah well you'd hope so but who knows <laughs> <laughs> depends how fresh the mind is <laughs> um i like paused it halfway through because my housemate came down and we were talking about like social media and stuff because so she'd heard about this film mm. and wanted to watch it too and um we sort of were just discussing our social media habits regarding it mm. and I was like god it is like when you actually step back and think about how much you use your phone and what you use it for it is like I couldn't live without it like if you asked me that question yeah. like there's a bit in the film where they the in they do like a weird little like like sort of acting out thing throughout it yeah, it's called a docudrama yeah. isn't it, in the end i think and it, it is a bit weird yeah to be fair um <laughs> and they basically the teenage boy in that they're like oh if you can keep your um not going your phone for a week kind of thing and we'll get you a new phone or something like that and like he can't do it and i was thinking like i was like i don't think i could do it for a day like he lasted like three days or something in it and i was like i genuinely like, when I think about all the things that I use it for, and I, this isn't necessarily with regard to social media. I've, I could live without that for a day. <laughs> I don't... Mm. I honestly don't know how... For 24 hours. Oh. I'm not sure beyond... Like, I could probably do it for a week, but I think the problem is... 
and this is what me and my housemate were saying is like that lack of communication with people and it's not like I suppose this is more text I guess and or like Mm. Facebook messenger and all that kind of stuff like feeling out of the loop with things in that sense or not being able to contact people even like your mum or something like that and I know you can call on it I don't know but it just feels like like so I just can't even think what it would be like to not just have that instant like being able to talk to somebody and I when they said on it like the tech CEOs or all the people who were in it who had been in like the worked in Google or Facebook or whatever and they Mm -hmm. said like what they were felt felt like they were addicted to and the main guy who was talking throughout it was like he he feels like he's addicted to his emails and I was like that is me and I know that's like the biggest like the most nerdiest one to say but I check my emails like more than 10 times a day and I don't even know what for now that I'm thinking about it I'm like there's nothing particularly that important that I'm looking at but I'm constantly constantly checking my emails and I don't know why (laughs) the only reason I check emails is to delete emails from yeah well this is my problem i get companies that i can't unsubscribe from yeah that is really i don't check those emails it's more like i barely ever open an email though i find it takes (laughs) takes a lot for me to open an email well i've got my student email account still and i'm just getting loads of like crap emails about like like job search engine things coming through and they come Mm. like every day and i have to religiously i have to open them and i don't even read them but i just have to open it because it bothers me to know that they're on they're there sitting there unopened and i don't know why but it does i feel like that's an issue yeah but that's like that little red dot in it in the corner the notification thing that's why they put it there um but yeah do you think we should so like in terms of social media and like usage, do you have any limitations that you put on yourself ever, or do you ever sign out of anything? Or... Never. Like, how much time do you think you spend on it? Like, I, I have no limitations. That's probably what's quite bad. <laughs> I've, I've, and I never have. No limits. I've never deleted anything. Like, I know you've deleted Instagram and stuff before. I've never, I've never deleted any of them. But I think, so I probably use. So, I mean, I have all of them, but, like, (coughs) the ones that I actually use every day is Twitter, Instagram, and then, like, I suppose more, like, like WhatsApp. It's not really social media or whatever, but it's still kind of included. WhatsApp, Facebook, Messenger. It it was weird in the um, documentary how they included things like... um, say like uber and stuff because the way they're marketed mm. is very similar to other social medias and even like whatsapp although it's not necessarily a social media the way it sends you notifications and stuff is sort of yeah forcing you to be on it more and more yeah. wow well, I, mean, I literally just got a delivery earlier like i'm on it all the time Christ. <laughs> talking to my delivery driver <laughs> um but yeah no i don't have any limitations really and i don't but then um, one of the other things I was saying is like obviously like most days I'm at work for what eight hours and I can't I'm not allowed on my phone during that time other than in my break yeah. obviously and so like today I started at 6am and I had my break at like half 11 or something and 
I was like in that time, like I could feel myself getting a bit like, one, I was just bored at work, but I could, I was wanting to like go on my phone a bit because I just wanted to see one with the US election. So I wanted to see what was going on mm-hmm. and like blah, blah, blah. And so when I was on my break, I was like immediately on my phone look at, and I went through all my socials and stuff. And I was I sort of like, it's not even like, it's still the morning. And I was like, there's so much stuff like that comes through, like notifications of things, news, like new, new, constant new posts, constant new emails, constant new messages, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and I know that. And so I'm always thinking, the reason why it's always on my mind is like, I know that there's going to be something on it. I'm never going to pick up my phone and there's nothing to do on it. On average, how many people do you think you follow on it, like on the platforms? Do you know? On Instagram, I think I follow like a thousand or something. I don't know. Do you ever go through that and like... Yeah, sometimes. Sift out people? And you think the 1,000 people are all... <laughs> no, well, yeah, apparently. <laughs> I think... See, there you go. like, I um, I sometimes think I am, like, on it too much, and sometimes I am, but not being funny, Missy, after listening to you, I feel <laughs> like I've got maybe a healthier yeah. relationship. <laughs> but I, I have deleted the apps before. The thing, it's not like I'm, but, like, sat on it for hours. It's just that I know I will check it, re- like for like five, 10 minute intervals or whatever regularly throughout the day. So like I go yeah. on my phone as soon as I wake up, I go uh, when I'm eating my breakfast, but before I go to work, I'm scrolling through Twitter. If I'm sat on the bus, I'm on Twitter. As soon as I'm on my mm-hmm. break, I go on my phone. Uh, when I get in from work, if there's nobody to speak to immediately, I go on my phone. But it's not like then I'm yeah. sat on it for hours. Like I think that a lot of people then get into that problem where they go on the phone, they don't do anything mm-hmm. else. It's just I yeah. have to do that like quick go through of what's happened and then I put it down. Yeah, mm. that's interesting. That do do you end up with a because like what it was saying wasn't it that, that it was weird they sort of did a thing where they were like the algorithm whatever didn't they mm. controlling this boy's phone and it was like you would end up getting these little notifications to push you onto it more. Yeah, and and it was very subtle stuff and. Like, once he'd said it, it felt obvious. But until then, I don't think I'd considered it all. Like, I was thinking, you know, say on Instagram stories, you can send people, like, a little emoji, can't you, as a response. Which, in reality, is quite an empty response, isn't it? It's just like, oh, I'll send them that. But then it means the other person's going to look on their phone. Mm. But if you really wanted to say something to someone, you would message them and be like, that's really like it it doesn't instigate a conversation really no replying with a it just makes a heart or something yeah yeah and that's like a little tool isn't it that instagram's put in place so you go on it because of course you go on it and check like that what they've put and then you then end up checking loads more and looking at all the advertising and stuff like this Mm. so that's crazy but do you would you prefer to spend less time on social media or do you feel like it works within your life no i definitely think i should spend less time on social media i think one because i don't feel like this is the thing that everybody says but like it does make you less productive because it's a distraction kind of thing and so in that sense i wish i had a better relationship with it because then i could not 
if I didn't like it as much, then I wouldn't use it as a distraction thing. Having said that, though, I'd probably just find something else to get distracted by because procrastination. But <laughs> do you think then that the time you spend on social media, you feel better after it? Or no. is it just like like a sort of fit feeling like a completion of something you have to yeah. do? Yeah, which is like an addiction, really. Well, it is an addiction. Yeah, well, it is, yeah. isn't it? And... Like, I was even thinking about, like, the election stuff. Like, I remember um, when the last presidential thing was, I think I was maybe, it was first year of uni or maybe sixth form, something like that. I think we're at sixth form. Yeah, well, I remember being really, I mean, I was far more invested in politics back then anyway. I remember when I was a teenager, but I think that's because I had more time to be able to kind of, a lot to that kind of stuff but mm. I remember being far more informed about things and I used to read up loads and about how the systems in America I'd more so I've always been more interested in the US than the UK slightly for some reason because it's just so weird how their system works but I knew about and it does sound like Star Wars <laughs> yes coincidence? I think not <laughs> um, but now I think like, I remember saying, like, a week ago, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay up and watch the election, blah, blah, because I was like, oh, yeah, I am interested in it. But I was like, I knew I wasn't actually going to do that. And when I've thought about the ways that I've actually got any information about it, I just go on Twitter. I go on Twitter and I see what's happening on that. And I see, like, I don't know, like, Arizona is trending and Nevada is trending and all the states. And then it's like what Trump's tweeted and then it's got like these live updates from different news outlets and they're all giving you slightly different information anyway because they're all getting different information like because of the time zones and blah 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 and from what information that they all get is all different anyway and it's not that you sort of take it to be like truthful because you're like that's the news but all of it is slightly manipulated and I'm like I don't know why I go on Twitter and use it as like a trustworthy thing just because there's lots of people I think I go on it for the discussion element I suppose because it's yeah. nice to see uh, the memes and what people are saying and that kind yeah. of stuff whereas a news article is formal and boring and it doesn't grab your attention as much like I don't, I'm not going on the BBC like I, li- I follow the BBC on Instagram and I scrolled through the story and they had like, I can see how they're trying to make it like engaging. They had all these like infographics and stuff of like the US election, but it was like swipe up to read more. And I feel like four years ago I would have, and I would have wanted to know. Mm. But today it's not that I don't want to know, but it just doesn't like, it's almost like I don't feel like I have the time and yet I'll spend the same amount of time reading people's opinions about stuff rather than what's actually happening. Do you think as well, on Twitter or something, it feels, because there's little bite-sized pieces, feels like there's almost a wider range of information. Which, I mean, some of it might be true, but some of it is opinion, some of it's, you know, (laughs) fake news potentially. Do you think you feel like if you didn't go on Twitter, then you'd be missing out on, like, a wide... Yeah, the cultural, like, debate around it, yeah. Like, to... But, having said that, like from the documentary i mean i knew this anyway but like 
you only sort of see what it wants you to see anyway. So most of the stuff I read on Twitter is all about like anti-Trump pro-Biden mm. stuff because that's where my political views are going to align more and the algorithm knows. And so yeah. all of the stuff I see is like discrediting everything to do with the Trump campaign and stuff and like bolstering everything to do with the Biden campaign. And, and it just makes you more like kind of aggressive in your opinion about stuff but for mm. no actual reason but then i think the one of the most interesting things and things that i hadn't fully considered before watching it, the documentary is how this is creating such a polar i can never say this word polarized yeah like absolute opposite ends of the spectrum political landscape yeah because people are no longer there's no it's like there's no room for neutrality yeah which i know like isn't always the right political route or whatever and you can't please everyone always but having no middle ground no compromise no reason to listen to each other yeah it's just gonna it's creating extremes on both sides and that's just a really scary political landscape to be entering into Mm. and what is probably going to become like it's just going to get more and more that way if this is the way we are operating potentially and i think that was a really scary thing too yeah well one of the um, to be honest was it like the person who ran pinterest or something i think he said um because the interviewer asked them all like what they were most scared about and he was like civil war (laughs) because (laughs) but like in all seriousness because like yeah it's so like, I even see it just, like, from... Like, it's easy to sort of project that and see it from the kind of, like, left-right camps and then the when you put it into, like, political matters, like the white supremacists and the Black Lives Matter and all this, and you can see the divisions mm-hmm. like that. But but even if you talk to people one-on-one, like your friends and stuff, you can... I th- I think social media, for me, has made me hate debating things and i used to love Mm. that so much i used to be so into that and now i think because it's so hard to express anything because you saw you it's almost like you have to know everything and there's no way that Mm. you're going to do be able to do that anyway but like everybody at what the other person is saying, they're saying it like it's factual and it isn't. And, and there's no, but it's yeah. so hard to debunk. And then, then you mm. end up sort of getting down to that level too, because, because you're just trying to grasp it. Like you're trying to find something to like attack them with. And you can't, you ends up in this like stupid, like what everybody's saying, stupid all the time. Like it's not yeah. based on anything like true (laughs) and then you sort of spiral into this thing and you just don't actually know what is true anymore like I don't I don't know and I don't know where to look to find it anymore and that's like a really really scary thing yeah not knowing the truth about the world is a scary thing there's there was actually a good example that I saw recently and I'm not saying this to sound like I always know what's going on because I, I don't there's a lot of times where I'll read stuff and I think I have no idea if this is true or not. Mm. But obviously 
in the UK now, I'm talking, there's just been the whole um, free school meals vote, yeah. hasn't there? And at the same time, there was the pay rise for the politicians sort of was in the news and people were and I just read an article and about the pay rise and how actually the pay rise is it's like a third party that um organize the pay for MPs because in the past there have been scandals with pay and so in line with inflation they were giving the MPs a pay rise but the majority of them had said that we don't need it so it was going to be it was like in talks to basically not happen but then people were like posting on facebook and stuff how can mps take a pay rise when um kids aren't getting food and stuff and when people start like that the arguments just end up falling flat because they're taking information that is true to a degree but they're manipulating it to what they want to say yeah and it it i understand like the people who saying that it comes from the best intentions to create like to be like i don't know to push the argument for free school meals because like i'm i'm behind that <laughs> fu greg knight for voting against it um <laughs> but it i think it makes arguments on either side just very empty because people are getting very almost using headlines as basis for debate rather than actual news stories Mm. yeah it's people it's perhaps it's like you know the bite-sized nature of well the way we live now it's social media makes it as given as an attention deficit and we can't focus on things and so the only way we process it now is through headlines and things that grab your attention instantly because we can't be asked to pay attention to anything and i'm not saying that in a way that's like god just fucking read a book or something like you know because i'm like i'm the same like i we're all doing it and it's and it's like it's it's bigger than just a thing that you can sort out yourself now because you mm-hmm. can't just go oh i'm going to delete all social media and that's going to be solved because one it's an, it is an addiction so it's not that mm-hmm. easy to do that anyway and two when you're doing that there are now two worlds that every, that 2 billion people live in and that's the real world and the virtual world and you're excluding yourself mm-hmm. from this world that everybody else is also living in that yeah. creates a whole ballpark of other problems because you're going to feel so left out and lonely and not in the loop and that spirals into a lot of other problems in your life so Mm. it's not a simple thing to solve so when they were saying in the documentary about like they were like you can't just switch it off like it's out there put the genie back in the bottle (laughs) (laughs) they kept on saying um you have to kind of it's regulations that need to be in place. Mm. Yeah, do you, and do you think then that it's possible, really, especially in like the Western world, to survive and be successful in the real world without also being on the digital in the digital world? I, to be honest, uh, no, not for people of our generation, because I yeah. think there are people who do that. 
but I think that's the older generations who have one I've already got an established career or, or had some kind of like footing in in something where they do, don't necessarily need the social media they just need mm. the connect the real world connections they've already made yeah whereas we now need social media to make those real world connections so it, it becomes yeah. far more difficult and the competitiveness of our society requires us to be on it because if you're not then you you're not in any way matching your comp competitors so mm. i don't i i don't really see no, the solution for it to be honest because yeah. yeah, i was just thinking how i personally use instagram is almost like a hub for everything not everything about that person, but to a degree, because like I personally, I've got like my website in my bio, yeah, which I put like writing on. I've got, I've, not, I've redone my website actually. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> um, I've put a link to the podcast, link to my Depop. Um, but like essentially, if someone searched me on Instagram, well, they probably won't be able to find me. But two, <laughs> um, like it's got a direct link to like my own creative projects as such but then I use that for other people and it's when I didn't have social media the one thing I really did sort of feel like I was missing out on and this is like a bit rogue is you know like um when artists basically announce when they're going to be touring mm. most of like stuff like announcements of things you enjoy in the real world now happen almost exclusively on social media yeah so be that a concert be that a new book release be that a film it all seems to be in the social media realm first so i i would struggle in just missing out on stuff basically if i didn't have social media yeah but i don't really follow a lot of people i know it's only a very limited i basically follow my friends on social media and then loads of famous people mm. Because I keep it a lot more like, if I know you in real life, I know you enough to follow you on social media. And if you're famous, I know you're a figure that I don't know stuff about. Yeah. If that makes sense. I'd, and then I'd rather not follow people who I half know but don't know. Because then I feel like... it's. You, I feel like I know them enough to think you, what they're putting's real life, but then I don't know the also, context it of it. Also, it gives you the solution that you, that you know a person. And mm. then... It, there's that kind of like if you actually were to meet them in real life it doesn't necessarily align with your expectation of what they are like because yeah it's not the virtual truth isn't the truth <laughs> i suppose yeah it's not the whole but truth the, so they were sort of touching on basically weren't they legislations or make like laws basically mm. surrounding social media and I, I was thinking about this, and I think one of the, one big thing I think would be, but I'm going to put this forward as a legislation that I think should be put in place. But I actually think that maybe advertising shouldn't be um, on for people below 18. Yeah. Because you know when they're talking about how it shows you stuff you like, but then essentially that manipulates who you are but like as all things do the more you get into one thing you go like mm. 
I don't know, even listening to music, you'll listen to one thing and then you'll slowly find more stuff in that realm. Like, that happens in real life as well, but I just, when it's people paying for that, changing a person, that feels really unethical. Yeah. But the problem with that is, like, I don't know how you'd be able to process that because what they were saying is that their advertising is their monetization so it's like they they wouldn't make any money without it and their biggest market is people below the age of 18 i just the uh, the the reason i say under 18s is because i just don't think they can't i think when they're not they're uh, vulnerable like yeah yeah like we can make like i'm not sure i'm always making the best decisions but i think i can try to understand and realize where it's taking me and i know 18 year olds are mature but it just seems like at that age it's so it can be hard to figure out when like who you are anyway and then social media Mm. then telling you who you are yeah Mm, don't like that no i mean that's how we've grown up though i think in a way like so we were probably like the first generation really to grow up as teenagers with all this stuff because we were what we were teenagers when everything was in yeah i remember i remember snapchat being invented in like i feel like we were in like year nine year ten something like that well i remember having a blackberry (laughs) bbm and then getting an iphone and most of the stuff you couldn't get unless you had like basically a touchscreen phone and i must yeah maybe like yeah year nine or something yeah and then that's when I got a lot of the social medias, like Snapchat and Instagram. Yeah. But I had Twitter and Facebook because they were, like, big for a while. Yeah, I remember we didn't really use Instagram so much in, in school, really. I think that's one I've used more since. To be honest, I yeah. find... I suppose, like, each one is used for different things. And I would say, like, to me, the more... Well, it the the danger level of them depends on how you use them i suppose and mm. like i think for me instagram is the best one but for a lot of people that's the worst because that's the one that people will compare like the way they look to the people kind of thing and yeah where all the like that kind of stuff comes from whereas i don't really use it for that like i don't f- i don't specifically don't follow influencers and models and things like that because i'm not I, it doesn't bring anything to me anyway and I don't really care but I also I've never had that urge to really want to look at, at any of that stuff anyway so I use it more for like artistic stuff and creative stuff which mm. is helpful for my my actual productivity so in that sense it's good and then I like you like I follow my friends and whatever and I'd like to see what they're doing but I don't really yeah. follow people that I only half know because yeah like I'm not I'm not bothered about people i don't know um but like things like snapchat and stuff i never ever really got on board with to be honest i only yeah i deleted snapchat a few years ago. i still have it but they i only use it to talk to um three of my uni friends like my house have a group chat and we use it to talk because we're like video like a conversation like something that we're talking about sometimes instead of texting sort of like half in between a call and a 
a text or whatever and then it's quite a na- voice yeah memo. essentially but you can see their face <laughs> so oh. yeah <laughs> it's so like in that oh, sense it's, like, it's just are you like just like saying voice memo really weird no. like it's like a call but it's not <laughs> But like that, I've never, I don't look at people's stories. In fact, I've barely got anyone. In a way, Snapchat's quite good for that because it's not celebrity based. It literally is only your friends. And like, but other than that, I don't, I don't use it. And Twitter for me, I try and use it more for memes because it's funny, but Mm. probably end up using it as like in the bad realm of things of getting a lot of political information that's just not like correct and just for like reassurance of my own opinion which is stupid and it's weird because I know it's stupid and I know it's not like I know when I watch a little video of something I'll read a tweet or whatever that that doesn't mean that that's in any way backing up my argument for anything it doesn't actually but it feels like it does but I know it doesn't one thing I was gonna say earlier do you think as well, in terms of, like, politicalness, um, that the fact that you are getting, like, what you believe politically you're getting more of, do you think that makes you feel it more strongly or maybe potentially more aggressively than you would have done previously? And so it makes talking about it a lot more aggressive well yeah aggressive and then it that in turn like the actual conversation from opposing sides or Mm. dissimilar sides isn't helpful because as ever nobody wants to be told off but then the way people are going about it is maybe becoming more aggressive because I feel like the more someone tells you you're right, the more passionate. Yeah, it's also like you feel you like you it. have the power of the majority behind you because if you only ever yeah. see your own opinion reflected back at you, you're like, well, everybody must think like this, or like most and it's people not do. Quite true. Yeah, because like, I mean, with this U.S. election, I feel like most people, most people I know, most people I follow, whatever, are going to be Democrats, and. Mm. And me and all those people are all think going like, like I saw this tweet from a celebrity and I can't remember who it was now. Was basically saying like, God, I can't believe, like after all of the like homophobic, racist, sexist crap that Trump comes out with, that wasn't a massive deal breaker for this many Americans, kind of thing. And I was like, it's so easy to think <laughs> what Americans. <laughs> it's so easy to think like that though, because you're like in your head, you're like that. Obviously, is a is a deal breaker for you and so you like can't understand how that isn't a deal breaker for somebody else and and because you only hear about it like people who think the same as you you're like well there's loads of us who who don't want Trump to be president and so therefore he won't be kind of thing and and then when it doesn't quite reflect like that and you see the amount of people who because a lot of people have voted for it. Like, this is the biggest turnout yeah, it, ever for America. I think they made history in the amount of votes that have been cast. Yeah. And Biden it, is winning. It's pretty much 50-50 again, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. And, like, it looks like Biden will win. But it's still, it's not, like, a landslide close. by any means. It's close. No. And if you look at, like, like, across the states, you can see how it always is that Democrats, that like, they're winning on the coasts. Like where they're mm. like known to be more liberal, New York, California, whatever. That both sides, mm. 
Whereas like middle America, which is a bit that people always overlook, that they're the ones who are voting for Trump more. But they're voting for Trump more precisely because they're the ones that people always overlook kind of thing and don't calculate into being an individual person with an opinion or whatever that's worthy of being heard. So like... And then those are the people who go, f- again, far deeper into their camp of stuff because they, they're they going to look at the two lefty coasts of America and think, God, these bloody liberals or whatever, when they're the, they're the famous parts of America, they get everything. They're, they're the bits that, where all the celebrities live and, and the rich people, and that's like who project these liberal things that, that is so disassociated with their people who live in middle america's actual life Mm. and so then you can see so clearly why why there's such a big divide and so when Mm. people like celebrities say stuff like that i'm like yeah on the surface of course you you're like god why would you want a homophobic sexist racist president but then i'm like it doesn't come down to those things for a lot of people is is the thing that you're Mm. missing and yeah like so the divide runs a lot more like deeper than what everybody thinks that's it like they've just completely even they haven't even asked like those republican voters why they voted they've just gone oh look at all this this list of things of what i think is bad about that candidate that you voted for and like so why would you vote for them and then shut off the conversation and that's it and they don't hear why they do vote for him or whatever yeah, one thing I saw on the news today, which, I mean, seems like a strong political strategy, is you find out why the people are voting for the other candidate, yeah. and then you try and, like, appease them in some way yeah. to get them on your side. But it does... It's like no one's... And whether this is social media or whatever, it's like no one's looking beyond their own camp. But if you do want to make an actual change and get more people on board, you've got to, I suppose, stop yeah. pleasing the people who are already pleased. And it, when you think about it, like, it's so stupid. Like, like I'm almost embarrassed, like, the, how brain dead we seem to have got. Like, that's basic strategy in anything. Yeah. You don't, you need to know what what your enemies do or whatever. Like, you, mm. like come on <laughs> like I, I don't come see on. how how that's something that we've like lost so much of do, do you think just the way everyone is viewing the world which does seem to be through social media it will be hard for a political leader to think that everybody isn't on board with them because on their social media yeah. or <laughs> like whatever they'll be getting like or Trump will be getting his Trump supporters and Biden mm. will be getting his Biden supporters and they'll think, happy days, of course I'm winning. Yeah. So it's literally skewing our... Perception of everything. Of the world. I remember, I'm not going to say his name because I don't think we're allowed to, um, but a teacher we had for media studies once said... Uh, um, I think I know exactly. A, a Canadian uh, guy, we know. Um, lovely man. <laughs> yeah, it was like... Um, I remember he went imagine this window and he was like the news they let us see through that window but there can be all sorts of stuff happening either side that they don't let us see and i was like a head explosion (laughs) but like that is 
what's happening today, but it's almost like they're putting a curtain across one of the sides. Yeah. And you've just I, seen half And they're it. particularly, they're only showing one half to a certain group of people and one half to the mm. other group based on what they've psychologically got from them through their social media or whatever. Like, you just hand it to and them on a plate li- as well. That's the worst part. Like, we, we kind of, you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. In, and if we carry on this window metaphor, it's not like the other side is far in the distance and if you squint, you can see it. It's like they're blocking it out. Mm. And that is the, it's all, that's how they're the world is viewed it. at the moment. Yeah, we're being censored, essentially, by... Well, they were touching on this, like, Silicon Valley um, people, <laughs> are basically businessmen or scientists, I don't, the creators of these things are dictating the way... And not not in terms of, like, they're evil, but whether they want to or not, are dictating how... Did you say two billion people are online? Yeah, I think that's what they said in the documentary. We'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> not not 100% sure it's true, but they're dictating two million people's lives and view of the world. Two and that billion, is a I lot. Yeah, two billion, sorry. Did I say million? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Anyway, two billion people's <laughs> view of the world, and that is a huge amount of power. Like, that's almost more important than whoever gets in... in this election any election well this is just it too because it's not just like it doesn't even come down to your own country's elections anymore like like how invested we are in america's election don't live Mm. there never been there maybe never will go there who knows like but like it does have everything's globalized now and has such a big effect on everything that it it's so important and it's such like a powerful weapon they've created with this and they just it's just amazing how it's like you they had when you hear like the the naivety of it like the guy who meant the like button on facebook or whatever and he was like mm-hmm. oh, oh i just wanted it to be like a nice positive Spreading thing the love yeah and then and i was to like know then cute. how it how it ended up and like mm-hmm. the suicide rates and the all that's going up because of people and it, and it's so when you I feel like if like I don't know like an old person who's never been on Facebook or whatever who hasn't doesn't really have a cl- concept of what it's about if they heard that they'd be like what the hell like why do you care so much about some likes on a picture or something and mm. when you take it out of context it doesn't sound like it should be a big deal but like I, I mean I do it every single time I post something on Instagram I'm not bothered about the amount of likes but every time a like comes in and I'm like yeah or I'm like <laughs> Yeah, I like I look at the people who who have liked it and stuff and I'm like Yeah, I don't know, you just it's weird yeah. how you get those little kind of like endorphin rushes or whatever yeah. from it and it's, it's not good. As if and I, they were sort of talking about how this is like an the way social media and technology is changing is such like it's gone exponentially up hasn't it? I said exponentially really funny then (laughs) i can't say it i can't say it anyway um (laughs) but it's like (laughs) we're having to develop like a new like strands of our personality or i don't know peopleness um yeah personality um (laughs) to survive on social media like you have to build sort of a thick skin to um how many likes you're getting or if someone wants to troll you mm. 
which I'm, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but to survive on it, you almost have to do that. Or you have to, in your brain, realise that what you see, what person you see might be distorted. Also, because... Sorry, go oh, sorry. No, yeah. I didn't realise for a long time, you know all these filters on Instagram? Because mm. I follow like a lot of influencers. Um, not like a lot. I watch them on YouTube. I have to have like some contextual reference. But... Um, like they'll put these filters on and for a while I didn't know these people were using filters and I thought they looked like that and then I tried the filters on myself and I was like that doesn't look like me I was like that is not me this filter on like I look like a I mean I look good I'd take it but I was like it's not what I look like and it's and I honestly like usually I'm like I'm not I know when a filter's on like I'm not naive but I was I like fully thought that's what they look like and to having having to navigate the way you look at something you deem as sort of reality and question if it's real or how not. real it, it is yeah, I know. is a weird way to go about day to day life. But it's kind of what you've got to do. What's also interesting about it is that it's not necess- like there is a side of social media where there are people who are like um like they're oh, what's the word? Um they're trying to be malicious on purpose. Like, they're, they, they're a, a yeah, troll. whatever. But a lot of the the problems actually stems from the way your own, yourself perceives things. So, like, when you put out a post on Instagram or whatever, you're not putting it out there to make somebody else feel crap about their life. You're putting yeah. it out there... But I'm not really sure why we even do it. When I think about yeah, it, I'm like... I was thinking about this afterwards. I was like... It's sort of like a photo album. Why well, I always... I, like, think about it, like... I don't know if it's just because my Instagram... I don't put, like... I don't put, like, selfies and stuff. I don't... It's not, I, I put my own my photography up or whatever. But that is my life. Like, it's not, like, mm. necessarily... It's not, like, a professional thing. It is just photos of my life. But it's more, like... I didn't I I see it more as a kind of a creative thing and a like a mm. nice like memory book. And I think a lot of people see it like that too. Um yeah. but but yeah, I'm I never put it out there to think to to want to make somebody else feel bad, but inevitably it does. Or like when I yeah. look at somebody else's posts, like you sort of know objectively that they haven't put that there to make you feel like crap. Do you know weirdly that I'm not going to name the person obviously, but someone who we half know had followed me quite recently and I followed them back because I was like yeah like why not like and they've got a really nice feed but I had to unfollow them because I was like it's literally your purse that are making me feel like shit and it was not a reflection on them at all I was like this is like me not being able to handle seeing you doing well which sounds very petty Mm. but I just I just thought I can't and like to follow someone or not follow them, it seems like a no-brainer if it's making you feel shit. Yeah. But it's a, that's such a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I just... I mean, yeah, well, I suppose when when you times. translate it into real life, it's when you, like, if you hear about, you bump into somebody that you sort of half knew or you know whatever, and you find out what they're doing, and then you match it up to the time that... You, maybe, like, the time that you've not, like... um you've both had the same amount of time and they're doing this Mm. and you're not doing that or whatever. And you kind of, instead of thinking about the things that you do do well or whatever, you think about the things that you aren't and that are lacking because it seems more obvious when somebody else 
is, is doing, doing something or like has something yeah. to show because you're just looking at their thing to show and you're not thinking about mm. your own thing to show so it's like but again yeah. that's like that contextual referencing isn't it like when you're following someone on instagram or whatever you see so much of their life but and and quite regularly sometimes but then if you don't know them mm. it's a weird dynamic to have because you feel like you're in their life but you're not you have no idea yeah what is going on because no one puts the shit stuff on obviously because i I know people are trying to make it a bit more like realistic but even then it's not like in a photo album though you would never post like a photo of you crying and look through it in 20 years and be like yeah boy no like no you you and it's also like your holiday snaps and if you take it back to pre-social media just like taking a picture of somebody or whatever if somebody was having a full breakdown crying or whatever you wouldn't get a whack a camera out and take a picture of them would you like it just wouldn't be not always (laughs) (laughs) only in special circumstances but yeah (laughs) um no it's it's a weird one right i think we should wrap this up because we've been going for quite a while Mm. but our takeaways i think (laughs) what do i think I think it brought to light for me how scarily influential it is on, say, politics and and how it just divides people. For something that brings people together, quote-unquote, and is a social media, it does do a lot of the opposite. Yeah. And, and yeah, the other thing that I really was, like, surprised about is or not surprised, but it really made me think was how much social media entices us with little things that are almost unconscious to make us go on it more. Yeah. And that was, I feel like that was worth knowing because now I can look out for it more, but it's kind of a scary thing to think that I'm being controlled Mm. by this little square that is next to me right now. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder, like... Because we'll never get the luxury of knowing what growing up would have been like without social media. But I yeah. sort of wonder, like, if we didn't have it, how we would be now and, like, what we would be interested in. Would it be different? Like, what would the sort of, like, the decisions in your life and the things that you like now and your hobbies and interests and blah, 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 would they be different if not even necessarily if it didn't exist if you just weren't on it or something like that's interesting to me yeah like i wonder even like like, with like photography and stuff mm. i wonder if i ever if i hadn't seen lots of like film photography on instagram and stuff if i ever would have got a camera myself and started doing it yeah because like film photography is probably got more popular through instagram yeah. weirdly because it's a digital platform but but because you can yeah, share it, that it. is a bit of a mind boggle uh game to think about because yeah are we who we are today because of social media <sighs> da, da, da. potentially yeah it's sort of like you've been programmed and if so thank you so yeah because i'm amazing <laughs> so <laughs> yeah have you got anything else you thought about it or you thought out? Ah, <laughs> um, oh, the one thing I did want to say about um, mm. what it said about the Google search engine thing with like climate change or whatever, it could be with anything, but like depending on where you are in the world, you will get a different like 
suggestion about what so it would be like is climate change is what you would write and then it would come up with is it is it real or or like whatever and i'm like it depends on where you are no i just think like that is bizarre when you think like how it's so Mm. people's like information is regional yeah like it it depends which it's not (laughs) you will get an opinion based on things you've already searched for or expressed or done online they will feed Mm. you back this similar aligning view just to sort of build up this whole like per like political character or something in you but like with no autonomy like you've not actually got that from anywhere other than your own psychology informing social media to inform you what to think in your own psychology like it's so weird do you know what that made me think of you know when people like uh kids are constantly told they're right Mm. and it creates like a delusion personality yeah. basically yeah delusion is that what social media is doing to yeah. us essentially We're all deluded. And that's and that really brings up a lot of ethical questions doesn't it mm. which aren't being asked and not being policed which is a worry and how do you regulate that on a global scale this was my argument right so these social media companies make and this is very scientific oodles and oodles <laughs> of money (laughs) so answer me this can they afford to employ many a people to police to come up with regulations algorithms to sort this out well this is the problem they don't want to but yes they can yeah because but they can they could and they could if they were but that would be like paying a person to make your job more difficult and make you but less money so in every other job there's people having to fill i have to do again oodles and oodles of online training yeah, for things that aren't even part of my job health and safety all this so in every other industry there are these regulations to make sure everyone is safe in that work environment yeah but and i know it's not a work environment obviously but there are things in other jobs that sort of halt how effective they are as a whole but have to be done by law and should that be in social media i personally think so well yeah i agree i just don't see i yeah. don't think that it will happen i'm not very optimistic i don't think it would it, to be honest no i don't think they would do it without a push from mm. and it would have to be a global thing and i'm not sure we're not very good at doing global well, things to be honest no. well it doesn't necessarily have to be global but mm. then if you but it, it would, would be more because, like, if, it was. if you... So, for example, if, like, the UK did it to begin with, like, other, like, particularly Western civilizations and stuff would say, well, you're censoring, you're censoring your um, but people are, or whatever. Arguably, we're censoring right well, now, yeah, aren't we? But they don't... If it's, like, in their favour, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but it's almost, like... The problem is, is that it'd be, it's not even like you have to convince the social media companies to do it. You have to convince people to have it done to them because they're mm. going to go, what? No, I don't want you to, to put regulations on my virtual life. Like people aren't going to want it. So it's actually like 
trying to feed them their own medicine kind of thing is going to be yeah. the most probably the most difficult thing and the hardest have to do it with a spoonful of sugar yeah. right i think yeah wrap it we'll up. wrap this up um so yeah in closing social media dilemma mm. Mm. We also check it. out our instagram for our podcast <laughs> <laughs> and if you are addicted to social media much like the boy in the social <laughs> follow us on instagram um yeah actually our instagram we've now got a lot of posts and um we're posting a few like little tidbits that we find interesting occasionally mm. and sharing when some the fake news out, you so. know <laughs> yeah fake news from us so that. Um, and that is eminem podcast follow us but thank you for listening to this week's podcast yeah we will see you in next week's podcast yeah. <laughs> we will cool 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 goodbye Bye.
Wait. I'm not sure. <laughs> to be honest. I think is it it's because I'm recording on the same track now, but like after this first one, so I'm like it it's in Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the social dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um so I've been watching this TV series called Love Life which you actually recommended because you haven't watched it but you sent me um the <laughs> the Vogue article. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, you sent me a Vogue article that said it was